Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, where we're all about getting the promises of God into the people of God, and that's pretty much the best place they can be. That's where they belong. This is episode number 49, and if you happen to be a new listener today by chance, let me say welcome. I am so glad that you're here and praying that this show is a blessing to you, that it encourages you to lean in closer to the Lord, to believe his promises with renewed hope, and to trust fully in the God who loves you with a fierce and undying love, because he really, truly does. Last time on episode number 48, we were looking at some verses from Psalm 111, and it was a really great reminder that our God is a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. A covenant is very, very binding. God has used that term in his word for the express purpose of making sure that we know and understand, revealing to us that he is serious about keeping his promises to his people. We are children of the Most High God. We are children of the Most High God, and we should be serious, very serious about believing the promises that God has made to us, as in right now, believe them right now today. Be really careful not to just nod your head and think, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. We should believe the promises of God, but then to go on with your day and not even bother to take a few moments to make sure you actually are believing God's promises right now today. Nodding your head in assent is not the same thing as actually participating in the process of believing for yourself, for your loved ones, for um, people who don't know Jesus, that you want to know Jesus, for the world at large as a whole. You have to actually believe, not just nod your head and say, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Look, here's the deal. None of us knows what the future holds. We really don't. We have no idea how many tomorrows lie ahead of us. We just don't have a clue. But right now, we're still here. We're here right now. So right now is the exact moment in time to believe God's promises are true. This is the perfect time to cast aside doubt like it's cancerous. Throw all doubt aside like it's cancerous because, you know, it sort of is. Basically, it is. And just live a believing life. Live a life of utter and total sold out belief. That's my end goal. And I hope it's yours. I'm sure it is. That's why you're here. Okay, so we're going to look at a few more verses from Psalm 111 today. Um, I'm going to read from the Amplified. I might also throw in a quote from the King James Version. Let's start at verse 7, Psalm 111, verses 7, and we're going to go through the end of the psalm, which is, it ends at verse 10. Okay, here we go. The works of his hands are truth and absolute justice. All his precepts are sure, established, reliable, trustworthy. They are upheld forever and ever. They are done in absolute truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name inspiring reverence and godly fear. The reverent fear of the Lord is the beginning, the prerequisite, the absolute essential of wisdom. A good understanding and a teachable heart are possessed by all those who do the will of the Lord. His praise endures forever. All right, we've, there's some there's some meat on these verses, is there not? Uh, this is not like starvation mode type stuff. I mean, this is, we're getting nourished. We're being fed by the word of God today. Verse 8 reads this way from the King James Version. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Okay, what it means by they, they stand. What stands fast? They stand fast. The works of God's hand stand fast forever and ever. 
All the works of God's hands are done in truth and uprightness. That's a good thing to remember when you're looking around at the world and wondering what's going on. That's a good thing to remember when you feel like maybe you've been dealt a tougher blow than you can endure right now. That's a great thing to remember when you feel like maybe God's a little slow in acting, right? Always remember to wait on the Lord and trust his perfect timing. He knows what he's doing, but always also remember that he can't be other than he says he is. And everything that he does is done in truth and uprightness. His works will stand fast forever and ever. So he's probably pretty careful, pretty choosy, pretty wizened with what he does. If it's going to remain forever, if it will will ever stand, he's going to be careful in what he does. He's never willy-nilly in what he does. And that includes everything that he does in your life. He's never willy-nilly, never, ever. So every work of God's hand will stand forever and ever. Every work of his hands is done in truth and uprightness. Does that give you a new perspective at all on your current situation? Is there any chance, even the remotest little chance that maybe when viewed through the lens of the word of God, your bleak times will look a whole lot brighter? I know mine do. What about the hope that comes into our hearts, into our lives when we live knowing for certain that every single thing God does is only and totally done in truth and in righteousness? You know, does that have the ability to change the landscape of our lives? It absolutely does. Let these verses change your life today. I don't know how to say that any more strongly. I mean, look, if the word of God isn't life-changing, then, well, well, what is it? What is it? If it doesn't change our lives, why do we read it? Why do we study it? Why do we pray God's word back to him? Why do we memorize it? Why do we go to Bible study? Why do we do any of the things that we do as Christians If God's word doesn't change our lives. See, we know that it's life-changing. We know that. We know that it is. So why don't we always live like it is? Isn't each one of us who is saved, who's in Christ, a walking, talking, living, breathing example that Jesus changed lives? And isn't Jesus the living word? So doesn't his word change lives? The issue often has more to do with us failing to live as if God's word is life-changing than actually being a problem with God not keeping his promises. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the issue really has a lot more to do with us failing to live like God's word is true, like it does change lives. It may have a lot more to do with that than God not keeping his promises. We just may be living amiss. And when we're living amiss and and kind of living in a stagnant life, um, man, there's so much we don't see. Look, Jesus didn't say, I came to give you life abundant to the full. And then say, but also, would you please live kind of a a lackadaisical, empty, barren, boring, drab life? No, he wants you to live a life of belief. So sometimes we're missing what's going on around us in the spiritual realm, what God might actually be doing. We're trading out our joy because we're just not getting it. We just have somehow forgotten that God's not bad at keeping his promises. We sometimes are bad at believing that his word is is life-changing. Okay, so that might sound a little harsh, and I really, I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. I sure don't want to be a harsh person. There is not one single person in, um, you know, we live in the United States. Some of our listeners are other places. I see that on my little, um, my statistics, so I think that's awesome. I love that. But if you're in the U.S. right now, you, um, 
I don't want to speak harshly to anybody here. After all we've been through in recent months, um, you know, I just don't want to be harsh to anybody. And I might, and if there's somebody I think, oh, that person, I might like to be a little harsh to that particular person. You know what? Um, that's my flesh. And I never speak on this podcast about, um, I pray a lot, but I don't want to say never. That's the wrong thing to say. I pray to never speak words that are from my flesh on this podcast because it doesn't belong to me. This platform belongs to Jesus. And so if I sounded harsh, I need you to know that's not my heart toward anybody on this planet. Um, the only, the only created being that I have animosity toward right now truly is that dirty old devil, Satan. He was a liar from the beginning and he's always trying to take our eyes off the Lord and fill our hearts with anger toward other people, toward, toward mankind and toward God. Um, and so, especially if you're in America right now, just know uh, this is not meant to be harsh. It's meant to be encouraging and so tender toward you because you've been through so much already last year and then already in the beginning of this year. So uh, it is intended maybe to be more of like a wake up call, if that makes sense, to kind of wake you up. If you've been in a slumber, it's easy to get there. If you've forgotten that God's promises are so very, very true. If maybe you just need somebody to come along and remind you that God's word is very, very life changing. And that means for you and your life, life change in your life right now. That's what God's word and God's promises are about. The now, not about tomorrow and not about um, things that you can't change from the past. It's for now, not just at the moment of our salvation, but for all the days of our lives thereafter. And then for all of eternity, this world is going to pass away, but his words will never pass away. Jesus said that in Luke 21, 33. So let's believe that the truest thing, the most remaining thing is God's word, because it is. How can we know when we're seeing God working in this world? How can we know? Like I'm telling you, well, look for it, pray to see it, expect to see it. Well, how do we know when we're seeing God working in this world? Well, when I look at verse seven of this Psalm, Psalm 111, it says that the works of God's hands are truth and absolute justice. So when you see truth prevailing, God's at work there. It's harder right now to find the truth than maybe it's ever been since like I don't know, in America, maybe since 1776. I mean, everything is just, there's so much coming at us all the time. I don't know up from down or, or what's really actually factual truth and what's hyperbole, exaggeration, bias. Uh, you know, I could go on and on. It's hard. And we're discouraged by the volume of quote unquote news, you know, important information that comes at us nonstop through our devices. It just never, ever stops. So, um, it's hard. I'm just saying that to say it's hard, but God is just. God is just. So where you see truth prevailing and you know that the truth is prevailing, God's at work there. And where you have areas where it's like muddy and you don't know for sure what's going on, it's okay to step back and say, I don't have to solve all the world's problems. I can't do it. Jesus, I'm just going to rest in you and step back. I have a good friend who over the summer kind of took a step back from social media. It was best for her. She just had to step away. If you are in that boat right now, you are not alone. A lot of us have to just step back and say that over there is really muddy. I don't know what's going on. Um, it might be a business thing. You don't know what's going to happen in your career with the company you work for. Maybe you have your own business, a side hustle, and you're like, I don't I don't know. Maybe you graduated from college, your student loans are about to come due, and you have no idea 
Um, how are you going to pay those bills or whatever it might be. If there are muddy areas, it is okay to step back and say, you don't have to keep Googling and saying what's going to happen to student loans in the next, you know, it's, uh, maybe this will happen, maybe that won't happen. What do I do? You can step back, give it to Jesus and rest in him. doesn't mean you shirk your responsibility by any means. Um, you know, we're adults. And one of the key things, I think C.S. Lewis said it best when he said, God wants us to grow up, to grow up in him. That's, you know, that's sanctification growing up. We don't get to stay babies because that wouldn't be maturity, right? And God wants us to mature and be like Jesus. So don't shirk your responsibility. But if you just need a little bit of breathing room, please take it. Please take it. If you're having trouble seeing where the truth is prevailing, let's let's hone in on the other part of um, what I just what I just read from verse seven absolute justice. Okay, so it goes hand in glove with truth, of course, but every now and then we see little pockets of justice coming about, and that's the hand of God. We can expect to keep on seeing things coming to light that have been hidden. We're seeing more of that um, inside of the body of Christ and outside, and I'm speaking mainly to, to inside the body of Christ, to Christians. You can expect to see things being mm, kind of exposed and you know that God's hand exposed it because he so much wants a holy church. Don't be surprised when that happens. Instead, say, well, that's evidence of the Lord. And he's so gracious and merciful. Sometimes people have to have a little bit of exposure in their life so that other people can see it, pray for them, come alongside them, encourage them, remind them of a God, what God's word says uh, before things get worse. So expect to see you know, some justice happening in God's church because we're his bride and he needs a pure bride when Jesus comes back. And so he's always working toward that goal. You can see God's hand working in the world around you if you look for it. But here's the deal. Everything I just said, those things are touchy subjects right now. Those things are, they're difficult to talk about. Um, Sometimes we want to avoid them because they're hard. That's like, that's not the kind of evidence of God's hand that we want to see. We want to see blessing and favor and uh, you know what I'm getting at here, right? Sometimes you look at it and you see, oh, I didn't want to know that that person, um, you know, has some particular issues. I'll, I'll give you an example. I did a podcast episode and shared some things on Instagram and Facebook uh, when Ravi Zacharias died. There have been things that have come to light since his death that are undeniable, absolutely true and heinous and horrible. And um, I have to be okay with God revealing things. He needs a holy church. Does that make sense? He needs, it's like, well, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need anything from us, but he, he desires a holy church and we need to be a holy bride when Jesus returns. We really do. We need to be pure. So there's only one way to get there. And that's if things get exposed so that we can pray for one another, help one another along. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the, the positive aspect of things that maybe we want, but you know, It's still the hand of God. When you see justice coming about, that's the hand of God. We can expect to keep on seeing more and more things come to light that have been hidden, especially in the church. Some of those things shock us. They're hard to believe at first. Um, That's normal because they were hidden. So when things surprise you, it's because you didn't know they were there, right? It's, It's something jumps out from, boo, somebody's, your kid's playing a trick on you. They jump out and they yell or whatever. You know, toddlers, they think they're really scaring you when really you knew they were there the whole time. The whole point is, if it was hidden, if it was never hidden, it wouldn't shock you. Because it was hidden, it is a little bit shocking. That's okay. You can know that God's at work in this hurting world when you see truth and justice coming into play. And just try, keep trusting him. 
Keep trusting him. Even when you don't know everything he's doing, trust his heart. He does nothing outside of his loving kindness. Nothing. It's not possible. Even when he acts um, justly, he loves deeply. All of God's precepts are sure and established, reliable and trustworthy. The definition of precept is this, a guiding principle or rule, a direction or order issued by an authority. So every guiding principle, every rule, every bit of direction that God gives us is sure, is established, is reliable and trustworthy. Can you sense that this is for your good? I hope so. I hope this gives you a picture of um, if you if you feel hedged in, it's more like protected, blessed, covered, sheltered. You're, you're secure. You're safe. You're so dearly loved. It's for your absolute good. God is not lying down on the job. I promise. He's dialed in. He's completely attuned to your exact situation and to mine, and he's never going to lead you astray. He just won't. Never, ever will that happen. They, um, the, the word, I think I'm in verse eight, they go, they will be upheld forever and ever. God's word says nothing slips past our God. You can lay down all your worries, those secret little nagging notions that maybe God is running a little bit late or that he's not overly concerned with what's happening in your life right now. On the contrary, not true at all. Actually, uh, even though he has no reason to be concerned because he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And as such, he sees everything is completely in control of all things at all times from beginning to end. So that all being true, and it is, he has no reason to ever be concerned about anything. But even though that's who he is, he still chooses, he opts, he decides to be concerned on your behalf. Think about that. He doesn't ever need to have any concern over anything. It's a choice he makes to be concerned for you. Why? In order that you might know just how much he loves you. That's why. That's why. God is not an absentee father ever, period. And he never will be. Okay, Psalm 111 goes on to say, A teachable heart is possessed by all who do the will of the Lord. Does that describe the state or the condition of your heart today? When I read that, I just had to stop and pray and say, Is my heart teachable? Is my heart teachable? Yes, I want to do the will of the Lord, but is my heart teachable? If that's kind of a key way that I can know whether or not I really can know and do the will of the Lord um, while I'm living my limited number of days on this earth, man, and I want to have a teachable heart. So Lord, show me, show me if I do. Um, if not, if you feel like you maybe don't have a teachable heart, will you take some time today? Like, don't wait on this today and just talk to God about that. Ask him to keep your heart tender toward him and to bless you with a teachable heart, a teachable attitude for all the remainder of the days of your life. It is so important to avoid a hard heart. It is so important to not be bitter and hard hearted. It's really, really important to remain teachable and tender-hearted. Keep a soft heart toward the Lord. Ask him to keep a teachable heart in you, to grow it in you. And then, and then you're going to see the will of the Lord coming to pass in your life. It's going to be easier to do God's will. It's going to be easier to accept God's will. It's going to be easier to receive the blessing that comes from God's will when you have a tender, teachable heart. If you really want to know God's will, then you also really need to, de- to desire to do God's will. If I want to know what God's will is really, he knows whether or not I'm really going to do what he says to do, right? So if I want to know God's will, I also want to really desire to do God's will, to see his will come to pass, his kingdom come and his will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And to do 
the will of the Lord, Psalm 111, is telling us that we need, we need to possess a teachable heart. So God's got things he wants to do in your life. He's got things he wants to do through your life. Two different things there. Things he wants to do in your life and things he wants to do through your life. Get on board with those things by softening your heart. Believe that his every guiding rule and direction is trustworthy, because it is. That nothing slips past him, because it doesn't. His concern for you cannot be matched by anyone else's concern ever. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open to see his justice at work in this world. Pray for truth to prevail, even when it's hard and maybe it's easier to just be like, I know it's enough truth already. I've seen enough the last 18 months or whatever. And yeah, still, still be willing to pray for truth to prevail, hidden things to come to light, because that's God's will. That's God's will. It's hard to pray for things like that uh, because we know well, we, we just have an idea of what that means, what that looks like. You've lived on this planet long enough to know that can be icky and messy and gross. But why do we pray that? Because it honors God. That's why it honors God. He wants truth to prevail. So we need to want truth to prevail. And starting right now today, expect that God's word will be life changing for you. Absolutely. But also for others. Watch for it in your small group in your family, um, your workplace, your job, your career, during Sunday morning worship, all around you, in the least expected places and the most expected places, you choose to anticipate with 100% confidence and hope-filled expectation that you're going to see God's word changing lives. And you'll see it. You will. You'll start to see it more and more, and it'll be one of the coolest things you've ever experienced. Um, God's word is never, ever going to stop doing what God sends it forth to do. That's what the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said. God's word, um, it accomplishes exactly what he sends it forth to do. It's never going to stop doing what God sends it forth to do. And so we need to be on the lookout for life change all around us all the time. That's a good enough reason. If God's word accomplishes what he sends it forth to do, let's be looking for what it's accomplishing which is changing lives. It's not leaving you the same. God's word doesn't, doesn't, if someone prays over you and you are worse than you were beforehand, if they're praying God's word over you, maybe you didn't um, believe it the way you ought to. I know that's been true for me. Like somebody can really pray over me, God's word, and I can know in that kind of detached way that, yeah, that's true. Um, I know that's true. It's, it's, these are Jesus's words, or this is exactly what was written in the Old Testament, say by Isaiah, right? Some amazing, encouraging things there. But I can also at the same time, not really believe it for me. Start believing it. Expect to see life change all around you because God's word never fails to accomplish that which it was sent forth to do. Okay, so um, I feel long-winded. I don't know if I'm long-winded today. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I'm, I know I am... Um, insanely busy. I have more to do in the next six days than I think. Um, it's just ridiculous how much I have to do, but it's all for a really good reason. I'm excited about what will be coming up, the end result of the work I'm doing. So I just want to thank you for being here today. If I sound scratchy in my voice, it's um, I've been maybe overusing my voice a little bit lately, but that's okay. It's okay. It's, you know, when God laid on my heart that it was okay to, to just be very, very real um, it freed me up from a lot of things of like, well, my voice maybe is a little scratchy. Maybe I shouldn't podcast today. Well, yeah, my voice is scratchy. That's okay. I've been recording a lot of pre-recorded conference sessions and things. So what if my voice is a little tired? I can be real because that's where I'm at right now today. And that might encourage somebody else to say, I don't have to be perfect 
and and all prettied up and Instagram or Pinterest worthy in order to do what God is calling me to do today. I'm going to do it with a scratchy voice if that makes sense. So uh, feel free to share this podcast if you would like any of the episodes or just a link to the podcast as a whole. Um, I would I'd be blessed by that with friends, family, coworkers, social media, wherever you'd like to share it. And this one's really important. I have to say I have had such kind and warm and favorable responses to um, the book I recently released, The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises Devotional. I Look, I honestly, I never ever could have expected to hear that within like basically like a week of the big, you know, okay, it's ready. It's out there. You've kind of released your little baby to the world is what it feels like. It's not exactly that, but it kind of feels like it. I didn't expect to hear in a week from so many people that it's already been a blessing. Um, that's really amazing. You know, that's, that is humbling beyond belief. And it's evidence that it's God. It's not, it's not me. Trust me. It's all God. So I just want to honor Jesus for a moment and tell him, thank you for letting me do something that encourages people to believe your promises, Lord. Thank you. That's an honor and a privilege. And it's definitely not something I'm worthy of. And I'm just so grateful. And I hope that other people will will see my little life being handed over to the Lord and and realize that he's got amazing things for them to do to bless other people. So bless people through it, Jesus. Bless people through it and help them to believe more every time they read a page in that devotional to believe your promises more than they did the day before. Um, you know, when you write an indie book, an independently published book, you just don't know what kind of traction it might get. There's not some massive advertising budget. We're just an average middle-class family. I don't have tons of money to throw at advertising. It's all in the Lord's hands, like literally. And I've been so surprised. So my prayer as I wrote it was that it would encourage the people of God to believe God's promises in brand new ways with renewed faith and fervor, and that they would step out into bigger, bolder faith ventures with the Lord. Exact same thing that I prayed for you today before I before I got ready to sit down with my scratchy voice and record this episode. So today, believe God's promises for you with a renewed faith and a passion and a fervor, and then step out into bigger, bolder faith ventures with Jesus. He loves you so much. So step out today. Do something with Jesus today. Let him show up and show off in your life right now. And never, ever forget his promises to you will all be kept every single one. Lord bless you. I'm going to be back here next time with episode number 50. And uh, the link to the book is in the show notes, or you can just jump on Amazon and search Jan Elbert, The Power of God's Will. Thank you for your support with the book and for sharing about the podcast and just for giving me an opportunity and kind of a little platform to brag on God. Is he not worth it? He always is. He always is. All right. I'll see you back here next time. Have a wonderful, um, I'm releasing this on a Friday. So have a wonderful blessed weekend and just keep leaning into Jesus, leaning into Jesus and let him bless you in profound ways. Okay. See you next time. Bye-bye.